Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV advertisements that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. My name is Al, and I'm here with my friend, Courtney. This was a softer, gentler... Was it? Intro- yeah, your hello. 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 And welcome Ooh. to Ad Creeps. To Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> We're the Crane Brothers. Ooh. Are you the Fraser or the Niles? This is a good question. Did we already have this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think, oh, mm, this is a good question. It's almost hard it's to really tell. It's hard to tell. Uh, oh... I don't know. I think maybe the ad, the creeps out there should decide. Yeah. I don't think you can. I don't think internally. We I can don't think decide. we can. I think we both have Fraser and Niles things about us. Like qualities. But I, I do think it is up to the creeps. Yeah. I don't think we can distinguish ourselves. No. Because uh, then it would be, you know what? Maybe we're both Martin. <laughs> but she's a calm. Oh, yeah. We don't want to be Martin. We don't want to be Martin. Can't we be the dog? Yeah. Let's be Eddie's. We're just two Eddie's. <laughs> Two Eddies, buddy. Ugh. <sighs> you said. I said. That you were going to have a fun one for I said me. this one's going to be fun for real. Good, good, good. Because coming up soon in May. Yes. It is Despicable May, which means we are going to be talking about the most awful companies so and people. We need a little, a little light, a little love, a little laughter. <laughs> April's going to be living, laughing, loving. <laughs> April. Live, laugh, love, advertise. <laughs> wow, we need a t-shirt. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, laughertize. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to move on now. Let's do it. Let's do it. On August 27th, 1967, mm-hmm. a group of people gathered in front of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City okay. to celebrate the birthday of Lyndon B. Johnson. Well, well, okay. Included were photographers Roz Payne and Maury Englander. The group had purchased a cowboy hat in the same fashion that LBJ was known for. <laughs> a big one. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a turd Ferguson size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a 20-gallon. Hells yeah. They made their opinion of him known by ingesting a pharmaceutical used by the U.S. military to make troops vomit. (gasps) Despite their likely knowledge of edibles, one dose didn't seem to have an effect, so they took a second. (laughs) And as the photographs from that day show, it had the desired effect. (laughs) War protests looked like a lot of things in the 1960s. Sometimes they were massive student demonstrations, open letters in the press, or the public burning of draft cards, and sometimes they were a cowboy hat full of vomit. Sitting on the sidewalk next to a handwritten placard that said, LBJ makes me sick. Ah! <laughs> I'm not one for, for like, for like formal vomiting. Yeah. But that's good. That's good. Do they fill that 20 gallons? No, they, there are photos of it. And there's oh. actually also a video on YouTube where oh. there's no sound and oh. you can't really see that much. And also oh. this episode will have a content warning for emetophobia. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> What did they eat beforehand? It's not, I don't it's know. There's not a lot. It's not clear. Yeah. Is it clear though? It's no, it looks like a sort of a chunky yellow. Oh, chunky yellow. And sort of in the hat, it's spilling out. What? I think we've had this conversation. We've, out of all the years we've podcasted, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had this conversation. Did we agree on what's the worst thing to you know? To you know? To, oh. to yarf? I say spaghetti. I, I Noodles. think, I do think it's a pasta. It's a pasta. <laughs> Oh, it's a pasta. Ramen, also not great. just any noodle. Yeah. So they they were professionals. They didn't go with noodles. No. I don't know what they chose, but... Rice is also bad because it gets up in your, like, sinuses. And And also just anything that you really love, because then for a couple years, you're not going to want to have it. Hmm. Or it tastes so nice, you want it twice. (laughs) (laughs) You're gross. Like, I was a barfy kid, okay? So was I. <laughs> 12,989 days later. Wow. Whoa. M- wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on March 20th, 2003. Yeah. One day after George W. Bush announced the invasion of Iraq. Oh. 
A day of mass protests in San Francisco was one of many around the globe. Yeah. Included in the action on the steps of the federal building were a small group of protesters <gasps> who drank one gallon jugs of milk, some with oh. food dye, in order to induce vomiting. Oh. The resulting regurgitations made the protesters feeling clear, spattering the steps in spew colored red, white, and blue. <laughs> Led by a musician named Ian Butler, the group called themselves Pukers for Peace. <gasps> Okay, so they went the old-fashioned way. They didn't have a, a I forget what yeah, they didn't called. Yeah, they didn't have something that made you. So it's just it nomadic. was just like yeah, yeah, the gallon challenge. They did the gallon challenge for peace. <laughs> All these fucking quote unquote allies <laughs> doing performative shit. No, you barfing on the steps of somewhere, then you ain't doing shit. Now, I've heard the gallon challenge is not you can't actually do that yeah is that true well i think i mean i don't think that you can drink a gallon of, of milk without puking they drank it for the intense purpose of, of puking because they knew yeah okay they wanted to throw up red white and blue oh my god could you imagine if you were the person who sh- who had the 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 short straw and so you had to do the red because i wouldn't i wouldn't want that. i wouldn't want one blue that's fun blue that's you know that's that's great. a tasty freeze <laughs> oh yeah I have a lot Blue of- milk, you're like, I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aunt Baru. <laughs> oh. All I'm thinking about is remember when Heinz did those flavored ketchups? Ugh, yeah. Yeah. I I remember eating too many fries with that and Yucko. it gave me a bad stomach ache. And I <laughs> saw that in the toilet and it was not pretty. Rough. So is this. Though I like it. I like their chutzpah. Yeah? I Are do. you having fun? I am having fun! <laughs> the vomit! Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm not fun. <laughs> I'm making an effort. Thanks. <laughs> so here we can see two decades oddly matched in their desire to break social norms through anti-war sentiment and a revitalized counterculture. Yeah. The 60s and the 90s slash early aughts have a lot in common as far as their impact on culture. Often concepts and trends that began to emerge in the 60s found their full footing 30 years later. Yeah, that's true. Like bell bottoms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wore bell bottoms to a fault. Like oh, it was flares. It was a that was it because I had I see. Here's the thing, me and my little brain, my little galaxy brain. I was developing hips around that time. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I don't want these, so I got to balance them out. You know how I'm gonna balance them out? Flares. <laughs> it just makes them more apparent. Like you, you can't. It's terrible. It's just you cannot. It's bad. It's bad. In 1963, Mm -hmm. Mattel introduced (gasps) one of its least safe and most beloved toys of the era, the Thing Maker. What? Well, least safe if you're not counting the Tommy Burst machine gun in brown and black or its camouflage gorilla variant. I'm not counting those. Good. But we... The Thing Maker. Yeah, so the Thing Maker was part of the Vacuum Maker set, which brought children the joy of using a pint-sized industrial vacuum. (laughs) In my home? Oh, you know where that went. A little vacuum? You Wait. know where that you know what what got caught in those? What? Just little wieners. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh yeah. If you're a kid, you got a little industrial vacuum and you got a little dangly thing. Don't up put there? it in there. Oh, you gotta. No. You're putting it everywhere, dude. <laughs> you're going to. Horrible. <laughs> Well, the thing maker consisted of an open-faced electric hot plate oven oh. into which metal molds could be inserted. Oh my god. The thing maker could make almost anything given that Mattel sold a mold for it. Yeah. And one of their most popular lines for the toy featured a series of bugs, worms, and other creatures <gasps> named creepy crawlers. Oh my god. I know creepy crawlers, yeah. but there may I well, oh, I see what we're doing. I see what we're <laughs> got doing. There. We got there. So the bugs <laughs> used to be metal. Well, the, no, the metal mold, they were metal molds, which okay. they still were in the 90s, okay. but the, the oven itself yeah. changed a lot over the years. Okay. But what did you, in the 1960s, what did you put in the molds? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. To fill the molds, Mattel created its own proprietary substance called Plastigoop that could be purchased in a variety of colors, including Night Glow, a glow-in-the-dark variety. So it was plastic. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was plastic. And it was kind of goopy, right? Yeah. Was it kind of wiggly, wiggly jiggly? Well, it was like a liquid plastic. And yeah. then when it hardened in the oven, it became wiggly jiggly. So many kids ate these. Oh, yeah. So many. 
Uh, probably. It's in there. Almost certainly. And it's not coming out. No, it, unless, that's in you forever. Unless you use that vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> a deep dive into nostalgic bulletin board sites and personal blogs provided this lovely and sensory description. Oh. It was a strange, almost electrical fire smell. You could actually smell the plastic cooking. Oh. Then there was the magnificent bubbling of the goop as it neared completion. A <laughs> whoosh of steam followed as you dipped the heated mold into the little water tray to cool it off enough to pry loose the goopy creation. Oh. Who amongst you did not burn themselves on the Thingmaker at least once? Of course, we never went to mom for a Band-Aid. Thingmaker accidents were best kept hush-hush, for the risk of the set being put away for safekeeping was far too great to gamble upon. Thingmaker or Kingmaker? Oh, oh, what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I guess that makes sense. You don't want... There can't be accidents with your toys, or the toys would be taken away. And you I don't get that. have the toys anymore. And you don't have to have the toys anymore. This is like a secret don't snitch. Don't... Yeah. Right? You don't... You don't snitch. This is teaching you not to snitch. It is. I mean, that was a childhood Because really, you're... Lesson the, for sure. The parents are the cops. The, you know what? They are. The parents are the cops. <laughs> and we're going to talk more about that. Are we really? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Collectors and enthusiasts have put a lot of effort into decoding the DNA of Mattel's plastic goop ingredient, discovering that it is a liquid PVC compound called plastisol. That seems bad. It's also used to make one of my absolute favorite childhood toys. <laughs> fishing lures. What did you use to call Well, no, this is what they are called. No, but what were they called? Hoochies. <laughs> They're called hoochies. And uh, when we would go to the sporting goods store for my brothers to get whatever paraphernalia they required... I would be permitted to pick out a hoochie fishing lure to add to my collection. And they came in a variety of colors and glittery and to glow in the dark. And Okay. you. How did you display them? How did you I display just kept your them in a hoochie? box and you then I would, the I would pull them out and I would organize them by Look color them. or pair them together as families or... <laughs> You know, like no, this you. Is, you know what? I, I'm not making fun of you because this is such an exclusively little kid thing to yeah. do is find something that really catches your eye like you're a raven, right? Yeah. And then you make a little story about them and then you're emotionally hooked. Yeah. Uh, hooked. Uh, but I like uh. that you, you chose this because usually it's corporations recreating that feeling through toys. Yeah. And we're kind of pushed into it through advertising. But this was a very organic thing that you went through. I was rebelling against <laughs> our corporate overlords by playing with fishing lures, which I will say, don't worry, my parents always made sure there wasn't a hook in them. It yeah. was just the plastic, it was just the plastic. squiddy looking part. Oh my God, that's really cute. <laughs> I think it's adorable. Well, the rest of us, see, here's the thing. You were, you were really above the rest of us. The rest of us were doing like... Beanie Babies and Littlest Pet Shop. I was also doing those things. Yeah, you were. But this was special. This was my special thing. My little thing. Okay. I had a thing like that. Yeah. But um, it was those bead geckos. Oh, those bead geckos. Those are very cool. And I used to make them and used to have a little box of them and used to... The other thing I used to do, and if you are a child of the Pacific Northwest that visited Seattle often, mm -hmm. in the Seattle public market, they used to have these sandbag animals. Oh. They were filled with sand and they were little and um, they were uh, uh, spandex, nylon. So they were kind of, they were, and they were colorful Ooh. and there were like hundreds of different types, frogs and lizards and snakes. I love And that. geckos. And so every time we went, I used to collect them. And they were my, they were my hoochies, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's got their hoochies. Everyone's you know? got their hoochie. Everyone's got their hoochies. Uh, creeps, if you have a hoochie. Tell us, tell us what your hoochie is. Yeah, it has to be non-commercial. Yes. Um, but it has to be a little thing that you, as a kid, you coveted. Yeah. We need to know about it. <laughs> so I, I actually came across a community of people on the website flutter.com. Sharing their own recipes for making their own polyvinyl chloride suspension, a quart of which only costs $18. Now, we haven't talked about, like, it's bad to breathe in, though. Oh, it's bad. It, I think it's, it's going to be really, like, that's cancer-causing. Like, PVC is used in a lot of toys. Yeah. But it's usually baked and hardened. And you don't, Like, you PVC can't. is in Barbies. PVC yeah. is in pretty much any plastic toy we you can We talked about the Happy, was the family one? Yeah, the Sunshine Family. Sunshine Family, we talked about that. But, like, it can't, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't think kids should be exposed to. Uh, <laughs> you can't. And yet I was. And I'm fine. <laughs> 
Right? Did Guys? you have one of these? Well, I had the 90s version. Oh, which, wow. Uh, also pretty good. Yeah, okay. I didn't get one, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> Let's hear about it. Unfortunately for young thing makers, the 1973 creation of the Consumer Product Safety Commission <laughs> nerfed the product due to its use of heat. Mattel introduced a safer updated version in 1978, yeah. but its lackluster results led to the revival being cut short. They, so they couldn't have the oven part. Yeah, so they that's bad for kids. They had like a safer oven. They used plastic molds and yeah. a different plastic goop that wasn't as pleasurable for children. <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't as enjoyable for children to play with. Someone snitched. Someone snitched. Someone snitched. Uh, the, and it the was government. Uh, yeah, it's probably a parent. Oh, almost certainly. Ugh. But in 1992, yeah. a company called Toymax revived the brand with its own light bulb powered magic maker safety oven, utilizing the metal molds, original plastic goop formulation, and the name Creepy Crawlers since yes. Mattel had let it lapse. Yes. Okay. So this is, um, you know, when you bake the ba- easy bake oven. Easy bake oven. So it, use, it uses the same light yeah. bulb technology. Exactly. You can't burn yourself on the light bulb. But still don't eat it. But still. Can, Don't it's put your the hands same, on it's it. It's the same old plastic goop. You shouldn't eat it. eat it. Now, I'm also mixing this up because also in the 90s, there was something like this, but it was candy. You made it out of candy. Yeah, edible. Uh, edible. I forget what it's called. Incredible edibles, I yeah, think. Yeah, something like that. And it was like bugs and stuff. Yeah. It was like, and the whole advertising campaign is like, ew, gross, you're eating bugs. Yeah. Um, but that's that ain't this. That ain't this. Because you can't eat this. Don't eat this. But kids did. They did. They had to have. I can I tell you, I yeah. ate so much Play-Doh. <laughs> I ate so much Play-Doh that my sodium levels are still off. I was gonna say they particularly put salt in the Play-Doh. So much. So- and my mom would make homemade Play-Doh. Ate yeah. that too. Probably <laughs> she, better. And she didn't. It's always, you know what? It's you. You have nostalgia for what mom. It's nothing makes like here. homemade, right? <laughs> And she didn't put in the salt content. No, she did. Oh, she did. Yeah. But it was even better. I was like, I'll eat that. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I, was no, there no, no, no. a moment, do you remember, like, you ha- you were given this Play-Doh and then it's gone? Well, I didn't eat all. I would eat little bits. I didn't <laughs> eat all the Play-Doh. That's madness. Oh, enough. Enough. You knew how much to take Just like away. Just like a little salt lick. Like a little, like a little deer, you were like. <laughs> and, and your brothers didn't snitch on you. Uh, I don't think they had to. I think I did it in plain sight. (laughs) And my mom was like, don't eat that. And I was like, oh, what I want. And then you did. (laughs) (sighs) Oh. Oh. That's why you're trans now. Yeah, that's, that's. That's what the. It's a (laughs) Play-Doh. (laughs) Play-Doh. Because Play-Doh, you can make it whatever you want. You can make it. You are just, you are the Play-Doh of life. (laughs) You are what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) We solved it. We solved it, friends. So I owned one of these 1992 Creepy Crawly Magic Makers. And just like Jeff Owenby, the author of the description I read from Jeff60s.com, I can still smell this toy whenever I think about it. Really? It smelled like burning plastic. um, But coincidentally, it didn't smell that different from a spectacle that frightened and haunted me. What? The hot dog electrocution safety demonstration (laughs) from elementary school. <laughs> they really messed us up as kids. This was a sort of a niche, as far wow. as I understand yeah, it. Yeah, it is niche. I never British Columbia it. thing. Yeah. Because we had BC Hydro, the electrical company, and they would come into your classroom, oh your elementary God. school, and electrocute a hot dog and say, kids, this is what burning flesh smells like. So if you smell this, that's bad. Well, okay. Is that what burning flesh smells like? I don't like? think so, but I, I think they think wanted so. us to believe it was. Our, our, it was a real scare tactic. Now, our producer does work for Big BC Hydro. He sure does. We should interview him. And I have not forgiven him. <laughs> Is he, I wonder on the first day of the job, they do the same thing. Yeah, they're like, here's a hot dog. Can you eat the hot dog afterwards? I don't think you should. Well, it's just cooked. I don't know. And then you're like, well, if I'm eating a hot dog, I guess I can then people. What if there's like neurons in there? What what do you mean? Or like What do you think microwaves do? <laughs> I don't know. To me that hot dog is now an elephant's well, food. I can't eat here's, it. Here's <laughs> Here's the thing. I think it would have the reverse effect on me mm-hmm. because I'd be like, this they'd say this is what burning flesh smells like, and I'd be like, "Oh, a hot dog smells like burning flesh." Well, it didn't it didn't it was a specific like Acrid burning smell of electrocuted hot dog. Oh, I see. Not just like a roasted hot dog. Okay, not like the one you get in the 7-Eleven. No. That's what I was picturing. And no, I was no, like, no. Well, this no, is... I want to eat people. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone had gone up to those technicians after and been like, it smells good. 
Why don't you try it on your fingy? <laughs> one kid, one kid did that, and BC Hydra had to cut the program. <laughs> we had one weirdo just ruin it for Now us kids all. are never going to know what burning flesh smells like. The youth are doomed. <laughs> and that's why we're electrocuting people now. Yeah. Oh, BC Hydro. All that money. Where'd it go? <laughs> I guess, you know what? They saved enough money on the burning hot dog scam. Now they built a dam. Yeah, exactly. We don't want that either. Nope. No, thank you. <laughs> Much like the evolution of protest puking, what was a fun toy for rowdy kids in the 60s yeah. grew to be an entire genre of toys in the 90s. Yeah. The gross-out trend was in full force with wow. products like Nickelodeon's Gak and Floam, the ubiquity of game show slime, and of course, those malignant rapscallions, the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, gosh. And, oh, my. God, we'll get to them. You know, I'm having I'm having a I'm having a <laughs> galaxy brain right now. Yeah. Because you had the '90s with Gak and Floam. I love Floam, by the way. I, I cannot talk enough about Floam. But like in the early, oh gosh, I guess like five years ago, the rise of slime. Yeah, the the slime rise. The slime rise, and is that like a? It must be a generation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thing. Like sixties to nineties yeah. to twenty twenty tens. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. They are into nineties stuff. Kids today are into nineties stuff. Yeah. The the tie dye of the sixties. I mean, 60s, you're obsessed. I'm rocking. I'm rocking it. <laughs> like my fellow, like my fellow Zoomers. Am I right? Oh god. <laughs> Oh, God. No, I'm rocking it because I'm nostalgic for it of the 90s. Yeah, which you experienced. Which I experienced, and because it was the 60s thing, and now kids are back into it. It's this generational thing. Do you think they'll be nostalgic for, I guess we skipped the 80s, huh? Well, I think, I mean, Stranger Things, right? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There's this theory that it's actually half decades are what people relate to. So when you think of the uh, 80s, you're initially thinking of 85 to 95. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I am. Yeah. And I am. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So talking about these ooky-gooky things. Yes. Are you going to talk about your experience with it? Like, what did you, how, what was the context in which you got this item? The creepy crawlers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't remember? I don't have a great recollection. I just, re- I remember playing with it in the, um, we had like a closet under the stairs, uh, that had the, the, it would go down to the, yeah the crawl space. That's where you play with your shameful toys. Well, no, it wasn't shameful. The, the, it was ta- the toys you don't want God to see. <laughs> yeah. Well. How, well, okay. I guess I asked this because I want to know how long, how long was this fun for? Oh, a couple of years. Okay. So you would go, like, would you go down every week, every month, every like, couple months? Every, every few weekends, maybe. Every few week. Okay. Because I always thought the repeatability of this would be eh for me. I mean, I'll admit, I don't have a great memory for my childhood. <laughs> a lot of it. Just sort of a few dramatic events that stand out and the rest we wash over. Maybe because of all the plastic you smell. <laughs> and all the gonna, human flesh I ate. I just... BC Hydro! <laughs> Can I give you some GAC facts? Oh, please. <laughs> so GAC was marketed on the fact that, unlike most of the compounds like it, it made a fart noise when squeezed into yeah, its yeah, container. Yeah, sure did. Oh, yeah. The name GAC, before being a toy, had been used by Mark Summers on Double Dare. Hells uh, yeah. The crew came up with GAC to refer to the slime used on the show, yeah. knowing that it had originated as a street term for heroin. <laughs> I did not know that. So that was a source of amusement behind the scenes when Nickelodeon decided to use the term GAC for the toy, unaware I of its drug origins. I cannot believe that. Did Mark Summers know? Yeah, he knew. Wow. Oh, wow. I was a big Double Dare kid. I know. Oh, my gosh. I grew up in the States, and uh, coming from Canada, Canada and Ontario, we had, like, but the rabbit ears, so we had like two stations and one of them was French. <laughs> and so when coming down to the United States and having like basic cable, the fucking Nickelodeon was on basic cable. Nice. And it blew my mind. As a kid, me? <laughs> a whole TV for me? For you? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I had the YTV and it wasn't <gasps> too dissimilar. Well, I don't know. You didn't have Mark Summers. That's true. Uh, <laughs> one Nickelodeon GAC master clarified, there is a difference between slime and GAC. Yeah. All the items we dump on people are GAC. You dump GAC. Slime is more like a liquid. You pour slime. You dump GAC. You pour slime. I think GAC is not transparent. It's it's opaque. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if I I'm mean, if you stretch see, it. Yeah. And there were all these kind of tools for GAC, like the GAC inflator. 
The GAC vacuum. I Well, <laughs> you put those together. You got yourself a fun afternoon. Which one of us do you think has more namesake Garbage Pail Kids? Like, we identify as Garbage Pail Kids? Or no, which one of us are there more, like, Garbage Pail Kids in existence with that name? Al or Courtney? Oh, probably you. Probably Al. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Al derives with a lot of things. Did you find all of them? Uh-huh. Let's hear. Let's hear. Alan Al. Oh, my God. Al Adam Fumes. Alcatraz. Alentine. Al Gordita. Al Poe. Al Setzer. Angry Al. Well. Dent Al. Mechanic Al. Unnatural. And the one I identify with most, Urine Al. <laughs> That's really funny. And then for you. Yeah, do me. <laughs> Wardy Courtney. Oh, no. Umbilical Courtney. Ew, that's gross. And Supreme Courtney. Well, I mean, <laughs> I also identify with the last one. <laughs> Supreme Courtney. What did that even look like? I think it was like a scales of justice and half the kid was on one half and the other half was on the other. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but a lot of the art in Garbage Bale Kids yeah. would be reused for two or three cards in a set. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it was just different names? Yeah. What did you do with ga- Garbage Pail Kids? I never got into them. No, I didn't I didn't either. like them. I thought they were gross. They were gross. But, like, you just collected them? I guess so. I guess this was pre-Pokemon, so you don't yeah. need to play a game. It was just collectible. Of, I looked through a lot of the art. I gotta tell you, a lot of piss stuff. <laughs> a lot of barf. A lot I'm of su- shit. I'm surprised we weren't into these, frankly. <laughs> they would have shaped our childhood even more. Ugh. Ugh. And also, I wanted to mention, just like the homemade Play-Doh, my mom also used to make something called Magic Mud that was a mix of cornstarch water and food coloring. And it was this, like, slippery substance that would slide through your hands that we used to play with. Well, that's just... I mean... (laughs) (laughs) So... Did you eat that? No. Okay. Cornstarch, yuck. It's not even salty. (laughs) Why why would I? Why would I? (laughs) So what fueled the rise of gross-out gags and gunky toys in the early 90s? What? The book, The Marketing of Children's Toys, Critical Perspectives on Children's Consumer Culture, (gasps) contains a very interesting suggestion from communication professor Tyler Brunette in an essay titled, Reclaiming the Living Room, The Play Value of Gross Toys. Is this the essay you were talking to me about? I want to dig into this one. Brunette argues that the shrinking of unsupervised children's spaces throughout the 80s and 90s as a result of a variety of moral panics about childhood safety Mm. contributed to their growth as a dedicated consumer group whose tastes and desires were targetable by advertisers. Well, Brunette goes on to suggest that consumers encourage kids to embrace the abject and grotesque as a way to disquiet adults and disrupt their power over children, even if briefly and in a controlled environment. You know when you read a sentence that makes you think, I want to climb inside this person's brain and just poke around in there? Well, it's true. I, I mean, if you're watching, if you're a Nickelodeon kid, one of the, even on the the bumpers, yeah. one of the very particular bumpers or constant imagery is the idea of the cop parent. Absolutely. Or, or the librarian or the teacher, you know, the teacher dressed up with big glasses and like, you know, 1950s yeah. hair. And like, you, what are you doing? And the right? dad with horn rim glasses. Yeah, exactly. It was a very big thing in, in Nickelodeon. And it was this like push again, I guess, counterculture, kid counterculture. Kid counterculture, yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, we're talking about kid counterculture. Wow. This is the sentence that made me want to climb inside this Okay, I can't brain. wait. Children's commercials for grotesque toys can be understood in relation to other instances of individuals being invited to embrace the abject in order to reorient power hierarchies. Through the process of reflexive sadomasochism, white men have embraced a discourse of victimization and objection as part of patriarchal and highly conservative discourse, co-opting feminist and post-colonial critiques of white masculinity in everything from Rambo First Blood to Fight Club and MTV's Jackass franchise. (laughs) (laughs) This whole essay is I need a fucking process. Oh my God. (laughs) Holy shit. It all comes down to one thing, baby. White men. Yeah. <laughs> Brunette goes in depth into this theory using several toy advertising campaigns as examples, oh including GAC and the very 1992 creepy crawler commercial that we're going to watch. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which he says turns the toy's meaning from that of an annoyance for a horn-trimmed 1960s father to a repulsive tool of domination, largely hinging on the line, gross out your sister, embarrass your dad, you can be a little creep without being bad. What if I want to be a little creep? <laughs> but what if I want to be a little creep? Well. Oh, my God. This is like training the next generation. In a way. 
I get it. But what I find really interesting about this reading is that the aforementioned moral panics of the 80s, commonly referred to as stranger danger, was a a systemically homophobic and carcerally minded way for the Reagan administration to prey on parents' fear in order to push family values, denigrate queer and or racialized people, and launch the opening shot of a campaign for mass incarceration and a privatization of the prison system at both a state and federal level. Mm. I, I went somewhere. Yeah. So did I. I'm going somewhere. We're going somewhere. I got to tell you, when I started reading about this, I was like, wait, how much of stranger danger was just systemic homophobia? Oh. And then I realized a lot of it. Uh, Like a lot? A lot of it. Like a a lot, And this is, stranger danger is something that shaped our childhood. It sure did. Like, you were told constantly in school. Like, I don't think I really got this message from my parents. I got it mostly in school that, like, any stranger anywhere was just waiting to touch you inappropriately or steal you away. Just the the amount of, like, the books that I was given and, like, little skits Mm -hmm. of, like, where are, like, bad places to touch? Like, there was a book called, like, Bad Touch. And I was reading, and the very first case of, like, a child going missing that sort of kicked off this, this whole panic. Yeah. Separate from satanic panic. That's a different thing. that's a different thing. The first case was a boy in New York City who went missing. And for months and months, the news suggested or tried to push the idea that the man who was responsible for taking him was a part of NAMBLA, which we may only know as a punchline from Simpsons cartoons. Or South Park, Yeah, but it's the the North American Man-Boy Love Association, something ridiculously inflated by conservatives of the time. And so they were insisting that the guy who had taken him was part of NAMBLA. But in fact, it was some random guy whose reason for abducting the child had nothing to do with sexual interest. It's, oh, boy. So it's kind of hard. It's hard to process. And I'm sorry I made you do this on air. I'm processing. And... Because it uh, it opened my fucking third eye uh, when I realized that they fucked up our childhoods because they were afraid of people like us. Ow, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because they didn't have, they weren't outright with the language of like homophobia, you know, because they, they were going to step around it. Yeah. They're going to say things without actually They're saying They're going to say things. family values. They're going to say family values. They're going to say gender critical, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yep. Huh? Yep. Considering that we're seeing a huge resurgence of the fear about family values and the denigration of queer and racialized people, considering that we're seeing those right now in the current battle against queer and trans rights and critical race theory, we should be very concerned about another sharp rise in mass incarceration coming. Okay, I'm I'm processing. Yes. Is this saying that kids of the day, but also advertising and toy companies of the day, felt this pressure, and this is like the... The kids wanted to, like, kind of push back on this constant nannying or constant, like, surveillance on them. Yeah. And so this gross-out habit or this gross-out, like, string of toys, um, this was, like, anti-parent, well, created anti-parent yeah. for kids so they can, quote-unquote, rebel. That's definitely what, what Brunette is saying in his okay. essay. And I'm just saying, like, hey, let's pull out the greater context of this moral panic that yeah. you just kind of vaguely you zoomed, mentioned. I got that, but you're zooming out even more. Yeah. Okay, processing. Love it. A common rebuttal to concepts of a non-carceral future is, what about pedophiles? Shouldn't they go to jail? Mm. This line of thinking can be traced directly back to the stranger danger movement, which Mm. ignored inflative numbers to push punitive registries instead of providing support and frameworks to stem the most common source of child abuse, the home. I was going to say, it's always family. Yeah. It's constantly family. Oh, we're here now. We're here and I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I said it would be fun. And I lied. (laughs) Unfortunately, this false panic has been woven into the very fabric of North American society from both major parties. As Senator Joe Biden took cues from Reagan's pro-carceral approach while co-authoring anti-drug legislation across the aisle with segregationist Strom Thurmond. Yep. And President Bill Clinton introduced the 1994 crime bill, which expanded mass incarceration in the name of Polly Class, a missing 12-year-old from Petaluma. Yep. 
Whether Brunette is right in connecting the grotesque toy trend, Bakhtin's definition of the carnivalesque objection, which I didn't even get to, but is very interesting. Well, we will get to that. And the 90s kids shrinking access to the public realm. The idea of marketing toys as a controlled form of rebellion isn't new, but this era's gross-out game was certainly a magical moment for plastics, pranks, and of course, a riotous bouquet of political puke. I'm sorry. I'm my brain's broken, dude. I'm so sorry. No, you're not sorry. This is really, really interesting because how much of society as a kid you do not see, yeah, and so how much is hidden from you, and you like these things and you do not know why, but it's all illustrated. It's all coordinated for yeah. you. And as a kid, all we saw was someone's going to try to touch you. Yeah. The minute they see you. Yeah. Because they think you're a tasty treat. Yeah. And obviously, like, pedophilia is real. Child abuse is real. Yeah. Sexual abuse is real. But the arguments that they were making for stranger danger are not at all dissimilar from the arguments the right is currently making about trans and queer people. Yes, yes, that yes. That they are groomers. Yeah. That they are trying to turn your kids gay. If you go to the bathroom, guess what? Someone might be in there, and they're looking at your kid. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it just chills you to the fucking bone if you were a kid who existed in this stranger danger era. Yeah. Especially if you're a queer kid or a a queer trans adult who was a kid in that era, because you realize that they made you go through that experience because they hated you. Can I barf in a hat somewhere? (laughs) I might cry. I'm not lying. I know. It's okay, buddy. (laughs) We can we barf in a hat? Yeah, we can barf in a hat. Okay, I want to barf in a hat. Whatever hat hat you want. What color milk do you want? Purple. (laughs) I want the the night glow milk. You can't. (laughs) I gotta see these creepy crawlers because I know I know this is deep in my soul. You're gonna love this commercial. I know this commercial. (laughs) I know this commercial. Okay, we're gonna take a break. I I think we all need one. We all need a little break. Um, and I want you to go to our sources, and you can click on our sources, read more about all of the research. There's also a really good article in my sources about stranger danger and mass incarceration from uh, a fellow who has written an entire book on the subject. That's really good. Yeah, delve into those, and also, uh, as a little treat, you can watch this ad afterwards. (laughs) We'll return after these messages. They're squirmy and wormy and purple and green. The grossest little creatures that you've ever seen. Creepy crawlers. Fill the monster mold with the colored plastic goop. And make a creepy crawler from my yucky monster soup. They're yucky, yucky, squirmy, wormy, very scary, sometimes hairy, squiggly, wiggly, creepy crawling. Creepy crawlers. Gross out your sister. Embarrass your dad. You can be a little creep without being bad. Creepy crawlers workshop with plastic goop. Welcome back to the show. You can be a little creep without being bad. You can be a little creep. As a <laughs> you treat? Want As a treat. As a treat. In, in a safe environment. In a very safe environment, but with plastic. You are smelling <laughs> you're plastic. St- you're still huffing that plastic. So I, I remember this ad. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret? Please. I thought you could eat these. No, you and don't, and you shouldn't. <laughs> Please don't. Okay, someone has to tell me, though, was there this? There was, like, an edible, like, gummy. You can make your own gummies. But I think when I was a kid and I saw this, I thought you could eat these. Don't. But they look. Don't. This is the tripods of our area. You wouldn't need a hoochie. (laughs) I don't know. Let me look at them. I might need a hoochie. (laughs) Put a little salt on it. Oh, honey. It's like it's like a scotch egg. You put the <laughs> you put the little creepy collar inside Play-Doh. You deep fry that. Okay, let's talk about this ad. Okay. You can deconsexualize it if you want. I but I cannot anymore. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I do remember this ad and I do remember the Boris Karloff-esque Creepy collars. Yeah. That was very a thing. And then these little creeps, and I will call them little creeps, these little kids, and they have these maniac smiles on their faces as they're pouring, um, like, uh, squeeze bottles full of this goopy plastic. And I guess, I mean, 
I'm having a hard time figuring out the science behind it because yeah. a light bulb isn't going to do much. Well, right? it'll bake a fucking cake. I get, well, yeah, but have you? Did you ever eat those easy bake? I think they weren't things? good. Yeah. They weren't good, and they weren't baked ever, 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 ever. Well, it did. You know what? It did the trick. I it can must tell have you. Been the trick. I the guess. little worm. He yeah. was a little worm. <laughs> now it also has like you're 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 using these to creep out. Your family. Yeah. Specifically your sisters and the mom and the dad. Yeah. Um, and they stick to windows? Did they always ever stick to windows? I don't remember ever doing that. They were sticking and they stuck to dad's glasses. And yeah. then you're like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm this, a little creep. This is what I call the Bart effect. Yes. Right? Yes. Where you're you're the little you're the little boy of the family, and so you're in that ha, 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 you're the little prankster, you're the little creep, and you're gonna just freak out your family. Now I have to say that was not me at all. You're not a Bart. I was, um, you oh, know, I have two older brothers. Yeah. Uh, I also had Barbies, Cherry Mary Muffins. I had yeah. a lot of femme toys. Yeah. But I liked these creepy crawlers. Yeah, of course. Because well, I why think, not? I think part of what I enjoyed was, like, the creation aspect of it. That, you know, I'm a very, cool. like, hands-on, arts and crafts type of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you weren't the Bart of your family. I was not a Bart. Who was the Bart, would you say? Everyone has a Bart. I was the Bart. I don't know that we had a Bart. Yeah. I would say that... Were you just a bunch of leases? Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I would say that applying the, the term Bart to any one of me and my brothers would be very complicated <laughs> and would require more therapy than I can do on this podcast. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I've had therapy on this very subject, and I realize I am the Bart. Oh, I know. You were the Bart. I was definitely the Bart because I, I did everything wrong. And, yeah. uh, every, I, if anything went wrong, it was it was my it was on me. I was definitely I was the Maggie for you sure. You were the Maggie. Yeah. Oh, you were the baby. <laughs> Eating Play-Doh. Fuck. That's that is a very Maggie thing. Extremely to do. Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this now because I was a Nickelodeon gross-out Bart kid. Yeah. Big time. Big big time. And I I made that a part of my like to a fault a part of my personality. Yeah. Well, it's like. I mean, I would say to people, if you're sort of experiencing this in the same way that we are, when you like sort of look through the kaleidoscope like this, it you it can be really depersonalizing and you have to kind of remember who you are and that you like things that you like because they were fun and enjoyable. And, it you know, it's hard when you're talking about consumer pressures and marketing to yeah. not feel like you're part of a machine. But here's here's another galaxy brain I'm having right now. I think I identified with these so heavily because I didn't feel like I connected with anything else femme. Yeah. I didn't connect with Barbie or Pretty Pretty Princess. And I was very anti that. Interesting. Like, it was very... And it wasn't like the... It wasn't that like women against women thing that we had growing up as well. But it was a very, I am a creepy kid. Yeah. I'm a Bart not a Lisa, and it was specifically a gender role thing. That's interesting. Because you only saw little boys in these commercials. Yeah. So well, I, I will say yeah. Gak did have a little girl as well, or at least one little girl. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting because it does contrast with my experiences. I enjoyed Creepy Callers. I also really liked Barbies. Yeah. I like Cherry Mary Muffins. I like Lilith's Pet Shop. Cherry like Mary Legos. Muffins. I love you got to tell me about Cherry Mary oh, Muffins. Oh, you were you like, not? <laughs> I had no who is Cherry. There and where are her muffins? Serious of dolls, they bake yeah. muffins. They also oh. live in a house that looks like a yep. muffin. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Got it. They have the, yep. the toys are scented. Yes, yes, yes. You ate them. I got it. No, okay, you, you didn't eat them. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I did. No, this was a part of my gender experience. Yeah, very specifically. That's so interesting because I wanted to lay into the the Bart. I wanted to be the creepy kid. Yeah. See me as a creepy kid. Exactly. Mom. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't put your gender markers on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'll talk about this about my, to okay, my therapist okay. later on. Good, good, good. Boy, boy, boy. But for now, it's 2020. Oh, I don't have, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Ow. Ow. Okay, it's 2022. It's not 2020. You said it's I know. I, I, like I wow. said, depersonalization. Wow, wow, wow. Disengaging. <laughs> okay, what the... F oh, no. Okay. 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 I think we need to... 
Oh, but I, I got to divorce it from everything you, else. You kind of got it. I yeah. got. I cannot take it to in that direction because this is not Despicable May. No, we're not talking about the bad people. We're talking about we're talking about the Barts. We're talking about the Barts. We're what are Barts, Barts like these days? What do Barts like these days? Um. Okay, I think we have to bring back the oven concept. Okay, I think we have to bring back the oven concept. Do we have to bring back the plastic concept? I think we shouldn't. What's, I don't think maybe we... we could do like a maybe this is like an edible. Oh, I don't. No. Well, okay. I think I got it. I think I do have yeah. it. Yeah. Let's talk about counterculture. Okay. Let's talk about kids opening their eyes and understanding like the idea that they are being marketed to twenty four seven. Oh yeah. On every platform, right? So this is going to be. <laughs> This is going to be disengaging on that. We're still going to have an oven. Okay. But you put your toys in the oven uh-huh. and they come out goop. Oh, and then you just play with the goop and it's like <laughs> unbranded goop. An amalgamation. Of, you put your fucking Barbie. You, I don't know. The people don't play with Barbies now. Yeah, they do. Do they put brats? Oh, yeah. You put your brats in there. Wow. You, put your, <laughs> you put your Hot Wheels in there. And guess what's guess what? You're it comes really out of touch with toys today. I, I got to tell you, I work in animation. You're so out of it. Wait, don't you do a hot? Yeah, I work thing? on a Hot Wheels. <laughs> so fuck, shut up, <laughs> Al. You put here's the thing. Like it doesn't matter what you play with. If you put it in the oven, it all comes out gack, baby. <laughs> it's all gack to me. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a protest. Here's the thing. You melt it. You put it in your dad's hat. Fuck this commercialism, papa. <laughs> Don't have to puke anymore. I think that's what I want. It's, yeah. for, the, it's for the counterculture counterculture kid who's uh, like, I don't want to be marketed to. But this is this is a toy by Mattel. Like, this oh, is, absolutely. 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 Mattel's counterculture gack maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just put whatever you want in there, and you set it on fire and or melt it, and it comes out gacking. You play with it. It's bad for you. Tagline, everything turns to gack in the end. Yeah. (laughs) Alternately, it's all gack to me, baby. It's all all gack to me, baby. That's That's what what the little kid with the backwards hat says at the end of the game. Oh, my God. The Bart. The the parent is like, but I bought you that toy. And he's like, it's all gack to me, baby. I don't conscribe to your gender roles. And then he does a TikTok dance. Yes. Here's the thing, because, like, the de- and I want to eventually get to this. This is in my research folders that yeah. I've been hoarding, is the downfall of Nickelodeon and, like, closing Nickelodeon Studios and that sort of thing, right? And I think Nick has to take it back. I think this is a Nick-branded oh. counterculture, like, thing where it's like, hey, do you remember Gak? You guys were into slime. Like, everyone was into slime now. Let's yeah. make some slime. You know what you want to make slime with? Your toys. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love it. I'm fully on board. Bring Mark Summers back. He's here. <laughs> God, that's what I want. It's the it's the gack maker, but you just put toys in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. I love it. So the commercial is just the same, but it's like uh, the Bart taking all the toys and putting in, them in, and melting it down in, into gack, it, and then horrifying and, everyone, and putting it into their the father's hat. Yeah, like the fucking father's like Metallica hat, <laughs> right? Because it's our age, and he's like, I don't fucking want your okay, okay, millennial Gen Xer. I don't want your. <laughs> I don't shit. fucking want your branded content. Yeah, because we grew up. Our generation grew up with brands. Like yeah, we were proudly wearing them and we're you know that the, the branded twitter is a direct we love it because sort of expression of yeah, how yeah, our generation yeah. grew up hells yeah <laughs> and i think the next generation is aware melt it down yeah melt it down play with it don't eat it don't eat for the love of god don't eat, don't it. eat, it. Please don't eat it that's it cool that's it i love that i think they i think you knocked it out of the oh that was a hard one <laughs> but you did it i did do i'm really proud of myself me too okay i'm ready for a treat please, please i'm ready a treat. for a treat uh and luckily we have a treat from a creep yay a yay. creep treat this is from courtney <gasps> what dun, dun, dun. <laughs> not me oh a different one different one okay cool. i didn't hi courtney hi courtney uh, they say, hey, gang, just discovered your podcast, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After listening to a few episodes, I knew the world had to know about Sarah Hondeman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I used to be a mechanic at this dealership <laughs> and had the misfortune of working under the owner manager featured here. <gasps> I love this. Yes. The place ended up folding after several managers were indicted for wire fraud, embezzlement, and conspiracy at another dealership they ran. Holy <laughs> shit. This We're is getting this dirt. This, this is, is an accurate. This is a baby accurate. You are doing our job. <laughs> I guess a federal investigation is one thing Sarah Hondeman cannot defeat. Keep up the good work, Courtney. Thank you so no, maybe much. Maybe it's keep up the good work, comma, Courtney? No, it's not. No. It's their name. <laughs> That's their name. <laughs> Thank you so much, Courtney. Because why Holy would they just shit. say it to you? Well, I mean. <laughs> look, I did a lot of work for this one. For this one? <laughs> Let's look at their ad. Thank you very much. I cannot believe I have a little ad creep. This was a local ad with a little ad creep. Let's yeah. watch the ad. If you want to watch the ad, you can go to our sources. Yeah, uh-huh. let's let's do it. Another story of super savings from Sarah Honda. You'll never win, Sarah Honda girl. That's where you're wrong. Uh, How about free uh, free gas, uh, free maintenance? Yeah. That's Shock and awe savings at Sarah Honda's Freedom Sales Event. 0.9 for 60 on new Accord LXP. Or drive $199 a month. Nicely equipped with free leather. Sarah Honda, the superheroes of super savings. SarahHonda.com This is what we're talking about. Okay, Courtney, I'm sorry you had an awful experience with this bad man in the commercial. Because number one, this commercial fucking slaps. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, a Mac? Free leather? (laughs) (laughs) There's a Mac. There's a a a bad man. It's a bad Mac. There's a bad, there's a bad man. And he's he's destroying the Honda. A real Robotnik character. Oh yeah, <laughs> a really an Eggman, if you will. Yes. Uh, but it was very Lazy Town too. It was. Yeah. I don't understand how, but and there's a a little girl and she has Honda Girl on her little chest and she's saying, "I'll protect the Hondas." And then a buffoon comes. <laughs> I would, I would, I would say he is buffoon-like. He is buffoon-like. Yeah, he does a little dance. What he is doing is, I would say, buffoonery. Yeah, <laughs> I assume this is Courtney's manager. Yeah, I assume the Hondaman. The Hondaman. Oh, Hondaman. <laughs> That's a really good name. I really like that. If you divorce from the federal investigation and embezzlement, but Which I, you can't. You cannot. Um, I guess that's where they put all this money. Is the visual effects? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they embezzled all that money to put it in here. In here, um, we do talk about in another one of our ad creeps about Frank Sinatra. We do talk about the dealership yeah. world, and it is bad. Um, but this ad is good. <laughs> it's something. Yeah, I like it. I'm glad. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Cordy, very much. Thank you so much. If you have a local ad that you'd like to, us to watch and giggle at, you can email us adcreeps at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at adcreeps. Yeah, you can find us there. You can find us there. And tell us your little ad creep. <gasps> that would be really cute. I would love that. I would love that, too. Um, also, if if we have some new listeners, you know what you can do to make us, you know, be a little Bart, uh, <laughs> is give us five stars. Yeah, be a Lisa. Give yeah, us a give five us, star review. Don't be a Bart. Be a Lisa. <laughs> be a Bort. Be a Bort. In a world of Barts, be a be Bort. A Bort. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Until next time, we are signing off. But first, a word for my spouse. You did do a little wave. I did do a little wave. Okay, sure. <laughs>